Good morning and welcome to the Saturday morning show. Kind of strange to think that this is the last Saturday morning I'll be doing this because, well, you probably heard that uh, I'm going to retire at the end of, well, at the end of this week. And uh, while I've been overwhelmed by the response and the emails and the letters of goodwill and good wishes, I, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss it. But uh, like a good friend of mine, Paul Wallum, he and I are the same age, born, I think, about 12 days apart. And so that makes us the same age. Uh, he tried to retire as a Case IH dealer three times, and he flunked all three times. So I'm going to try to avoid following his pattern on that one. But I, as I said, I'm overwhelmed and pleased and honored at the attention that it's getting. And so don't want to brag, but I've had something happen to me this week that hasn't happened before in my career. Secretary of Agriculture of the United States issued a proclamation to honor my 60 years. So can I read that to you? Because I've never had one of these before in my career. So this is on official stationery of the United States Department of Agriculture, the office of the secretary, and it reads like this. Whereas Orion Big O Samuelson will retire this month after a 60-year career in agriculture broadcasting, Samuelson began his career in the 1950s at radio stations in Sparta, Appleton, and Green Bay, Wisconsin. And whereas... For 60 years at WGN Radio in Chicago, Samuelson is known as the American farmer's best friend for over 60 years and reporting on agriculture and food production, articulating national importance of agriculture to rural and urban audiences alike. And whereas during Samuelson's half-century at WGN, he has interviewed and or met every U.S. president since Dwight D. Eisenhower, he's encountered world leaders and traveled to 44 countries, and whereas Samuelson is a 2003 National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Whereas Samuelson has championed farmer interests, including the use of ethanol fuel derived from corn to help U.S. farmers. And whereas Samuelson has served as a mentor, encouraging countless young people to pursue careers in agriculture. Now, therefore, I, Sonny Perdue, Secretary of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, proudly honor and celebrate Orion Samuelson for his journalistic integrity, persistence, and support of American farmers. In witness thereof, I have hereunto set my hand this 28th day of December 2020, the 244th year of the independence of the United States of America, signed Sonny Perdue, Secretary of Agriculture. 
Well, Sonny Purdue, you are so very kind, and thank you for that proclamation issued this week. I have already framed it and put it on my office wall as a reminder of the support that all of you as listeners and producers and consumers have given me to talk about agriculture and the importance of agriculture in the economy of the United States. So, Sonny Purdue, thank you very much for those kind words and for that official proclamation from the U.S. Department of Agriculture Secretary Sonny Purdue. Wow, I'm impressed that somebody would put all those words on a sheet of paper that I can hang on my office wall. And, of course, it wouldn't have happened without all of you who have supported and listened, even though many of you have said, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm interested in learning, and you're providing that learning for me, so thank you very much. And again, let me also say that I, I, I read every email and every letter I get from you, but I'm not going to have the time to answer each email or letter independent or, uh, the, uh, recognition of what you have sent me and supported me in these, uh, 60 years on the air here at WGN Radio. And I've worked with some great people, farmers and ranchers and consumers across the country, and people that have been my colleagues, uh, Bill Mason and John Almberg and uh, Max Armstrong, the camera people who have gone with me to the 44 countries to uh, record how farmers in other parts of the world produce food for their consumers, and uh, just a lot of great people that I... uh, And then, of course, there's you, the listener and the watcher, because if it weren't for you, I'd probably be on food stamps. But no, I don't think I would be because I've got too many nice people like you. And I do have to uh, say a special thank you to Bob Ferguson, our engineer for the Saturday morning show. He is sitting in a control room in our studios in downtown Chicago. I am sitting in my office in my home in Huntley, Illinois. Oh, and I don't think think I've mentioned the temperature this morning, have I? My uh, backyard thermometer says 25 degrees, and I look out at my driveway, and thanks to the people who stop by early to uh, make sure the driveway is clean and I can get the car out onto the road and uh, get to where I'm getting to. But with COVID-19, that has changed a great deal for those of us in broadcasting and those of us involved in covering the busy world of agriculture. So at a quarter after five here on the Saturday morning show, thank you for all that you have done. As I've said many times, if it weren't for you listening, I'd probably be on food stamps today. No, not really, but uh, you have meant so much to me, and I've made uh, so many great friends during that time, 
And thanks to my children and grandchildren and my wife, Gloria, for supporting me all the way, putting up with the traveling that I've done to cover the world of agriculture. And when I say world, I mean world. Because uh, as a farm boy from Wisconsin, I never dreamed I'd be traveling to 44 countries across the world, but I'd go on 10 trips to China, four trips to the old Soviet Union, which is now Russia. And uh, thank you so much for uh, the support throughout the year. That is the one thing I will miss. I will not miss getting up at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning to do broadcasts, but I will miss hearing from you and covering the world of agriculture. It's been a fascinating trip, and I thank you very much. I, I've said often that besides the presidents, and uh, I've done interviews with nine presidents going back to Dwight Eisenhower, and uh, without uh, the opportunity to travel and see firsthand how people in a lot of countries on this planet struggle to produce food to feed themselves and their children. So, again, thank you very much. Okay, that covers what I wanted to say about the career that has been so much fun. And, oh, I have to answer a question that I've received from a few of you saying, what about Air Orion? What is happening to Air Orion? Well, if you want to own an airplane, Air Orion is for sale. My Cessna 210 Turbo is for sale because I won't be using it to the extent I've used it for these many years. My two pilots, uh, Phil uh, Wolf and Jerry Lagerloff, uh, have supported me and taken me through some rather interesting episodes when the engine quit at 6,000 feet above McHenry County. As a matter of fact, on my um, uh, on my uh, office, I do have a plaque showing what happened to my airplane and what didn't happen to me because of the pilots and their skill. We got on a runway on a farm in McHenry County, the Galt Airport, and uh, we did it safely and uh, okay. So I'll miss the airplane, too, because that's a convenient way of getting around to little towns where I would speak and uh, where I used the airplane because there was no large city or airport nearby, but I could go into small airports like the Galt Airport in McHenry County and... Uh, get to where I have to get, and then get home in time to catch a little bit of sleep in my own bed. So, thank you to all of you, and that's enough of that. Okay, it's at 19 minutes after 5 o'clock here on the Saturday morning show, and of course, my longest friend and colleague, Max Armstrong, 
who's been with me, I think we figured out for 34 years that we have worked together, and to Lottie Kearns, our producer's secretary, and to our camera crew that has worked so hard to cover the story of agriculture for our TV show, and thanks to all of them. And again, thanks to Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, U.S. Department of Agriculture. 20 minutes after 5 o'clock, and uh, I'm joined this morning by, well, guess who? Max Armstrong. Our final time together here on WGN Radio, so let's say good morning to Max and another friend of mine right now. Well, Orion, good morning here at the end of what has been an amazing week as there's been a tremendous outpouring of affection and love from your longtime listeners of WGN Radio, and it's just so much fun for us to have the opportunity here one more time on the Saturday morning show. By the way, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and I've been meaning to do this, haven't had the opportunity to thank the Chicago Farmers Club for their presentation to me many months ago of the Distinguished Service to Agriculture Award from that organization that uh, you know so well, Orion, that they have played a role in this area. People who are from all walks of life, business, industry, government, but they have an affection for agriculture and a hunger for agricultural knowledge. And uh, we've enjoyed interacting with them over the years, even though I've never been able to get to one of their meetings because I was generally on the air when they were holding those meetings during the noon hour. But thanks to the Chicago Farmers. In the uh, parade of guest commentators that I've shared with you over the past month, Orion, there's one more. These are people who played a significant role in your life, either personally or professionally, including our longtime assistant, Lottie Kearns, uh, Paul Wallum, who has been an advisor and counselor, dear friend, and you've said he's been like a brother to you. Uh, Phil Reed, our longtime director, television cameraman, director, and producer on our TV farm show. And this morning, here's a gentleman, Orion, who has been on with you, with you longer than I have. He was on the air with you at WGN before I was, even though he wasn't a company employee. He wasn't a member of the announcer's staff, but Jim Fazell, consulting horticulturist, joins us this morning. And Jim, good morning. If I'm not mistaken, you were on with Orion in the very early 60s, not long after he came to WGN. You're absolutely right, Max. It's hard to to believe it was 60 years ago in early 1961 that a young man just having moved down here from Green Bay was looking for an extension person to help out on some of the broadcasts, and there I was. And there he was, Orion Samuelson. Talk with us a little bit about how things have changed over those years when you've been working with Orion, how the green industry, the ornamental horticulture industry of the Chicago area has changed. Well, it has changed tremendously. In fact, when I first came up here in 1957, our main interest was the greenhouse industry in uh, this part of uh, northern, northeastern Illinois. Uh, we had some 60 or more carnation grower greenhouses. We had uh, maybe a dozen rose greenhouses in this area, including uh, one up at Woodstock that was the largest in the United States at that time. Um, that was our main interest, and uh, there was a growing interest, uh, a growing industry, I should say, in the landscape contractors. In fact, uh, the landscape contractors, by and large, were were considered to be wheelbarrow operators, although there were some big, magnificent firms operating. Uh, but they were just in their in their infancy, and I was 
uh, honored to be a part of starting the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association back in the early 1960s, uh, middle 1960s, and uh, that really took over as, as the greater part of our interest for a good number of years, but the florist industry still existed at that time, and in fact, in fact up until the middle of, uh, of the 1960s, there were still a lot of greenhouses in this area, but ultimately, the fact that they were located so closely to the urban areas uh, resulted in their demise. Most of these operators were getting elderly, at, or not maybe not elderly, but older at that time, many approaching the age when they thought maybe there were easier things to do, so by and large, all of these greenhouses, with very few exceptions, were sold off for land, and the land was developed. Now where there were greenhouses, at one time our residences, offices, buildings, and so forth, uh, taking up the same place. But as far as I'm concerned, not as not as uh, good a neighbor as maybe a greenhouse might have been. I'm probably prejudiced in, prejudiced in that. <laughs> but now, isn't it interesting to see how crop production, though, has flourished in some areas in the metropolitan area under roof, within four walls, a very different type of production, but we are seeing it now in, in buildings right in the city itself. That's absolutely right. The the uh, indoor operation of these small farms, you know, at one time, because of the cost of electricity and heat, that was completely out of reason. But with some of the innovations on in lighting, the LEDs in particular, which provide a tremendous amount of light for a very small investment in electricity, have changed the dynamics of that so that growing under lights indoors is, is not only uh, possible, it's commercially viable, and that's going on at this time. One more thing that strikes me has really changed and you and Orion played a significant role in this and and I think the Chicago area probably led other parts of the country in this and that's the development of the agritourism industry that so many people such as the late Herb Teichman and Liz across the lake in Berrien County and uh, other operations realized you know they didn't just have fruit to sell but they could market an experience there and look at how especially in this uh, pandemic era that we saw last summer some of the these operations, agritourism operations, have not only flourished, but have really been able to thrive. Uh, we've known the Gobert family for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, I visited with Lee Gobert, who is the grandson of the of the starter of this, and he's the grandfather of one of these uh, people <laughs> working in this industry. And their greenhouse and garden center out in Barrington had the best year they've ever had by far, and they were out of out of product, out of material to sell very early in the season. You've had also a great opportunity as a, as a professional yourself to consult on some high profile cases, and I was. Th- Thinking about this the other evening, watching the movie Home Alone, which has attracted so much attention every holiday season, you were brought in after that movie was shot because there was some tree damage, wasn't there? There was. You know, it's very interesting. Here in Chicagoland, where we have snow in the winter time and so forth, uh, that film of the, what was it, the, the Mystery House, uh, was shot in in when trees were in full leaf and they actually they they got to O'Hare Field and asked if they could come over and use some of the equipment that was used for um, putting down foam on the runways to foam the properties at that big house up there on the North Shore which they did and it worked beautifully it looked like it was the middle of winter but that foam didn't happen to agree very much with plant material because it killed it 
<laughs> and as a result, they had killed off this beautiful landscape that they had at that big house. And I went up, and uh, our job was to figure out whether it was ever going to come back. And uh, when we decided that that would not happen, to put a price on what it what it costs to do that. And you know, the movie industry has a tremendous amount of money. Never argued a thing. They said, "Okay, we'll write them a check," and they did. <laughs> <laughs> but it, means, story. it meant having to redo the landscaping. I know you've consulted also on the uh, Michael Jordan properties and probably many other high-profile ones. A great career that you've had along with Ori and Samuelson, and thanks for sharing with us this morning, Jim. It's been a pleasure. I want to wish Orion Godspeed. He's been a good friend for a number of years and hope that that, that friendship can continue. And we have not heard the last of Orion here in Chicagoland. He's a wonderful person and been a good friend. Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. Jim Fazell, longtime consulting horticulturist here in the Chicago area, whose career in this region has paralleled that of Mr. Orion Samuelson. Big O, thanks for allowing us to reminisce one more time here on the broadcast this morning. We look forward to seeing you in glory along the way partner happy new year to you folks and a happy new year to you max armstrong a great broadcaster who i've had the pleasure of working with for well we go back and forth on how many years but i think 34 35 years at least and a lot of other people that i've had the opportunity to work with in this job and thank you for the remembrances certainly with jim fazell and uh, the many discussions we've had about getting the plant industry going, maybe in your little greenhouse or in your garden. And uh, Jim has been the person we have talked to, our ornamental horticulturist, in addition to vegetables and all of the other good things that come from the soil. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock, and uh, we're at 25 degrees on my backyard thermometer here in Huntley, Illinois. And we'll take a break for news, and then we'll continue with Samuelson Says and the rest of our Saturday morning show. It's 25 minutes before 6 o'clock here on the Saturday morning show. A sprinkling of snow overnight, more than a sprinkling in some areas of the Midwest. And the one thing that I just got in an email from a listener who said, you haven't given the coronavirus numbers yet. Because during my career here at WGN, we've done many numbers like the arrival of cattle, the arrival of hogs at the Chicago Union stockyards. And now, unfortunately, more recently, we tend to give the count on the coronavirus spread. I'm not going to give all the numbers, but uh, it's interesting because the numbers and the stories on my Reuters screen that I'm looking at right now, it talks about Thailand reporting 216 new cases of coronavirus. Germany has confirmed coronavirus cases increased by 12,690. And then we get the Russian report, 26,301 new coronavirus cases. 
and uh, 447 deaths reported in the last 24 hours. And it goes on and on and on as I go up and down the Reuters screen to look at the various headlines, and just about every other line has a coronavirus count. So be careful and uh, do what they're suggesting we do. And uh, as I've said to many of my friends, wear a mask, don't shake hands, and stay away from people. That seems to be what uh, we've got to follow until the vaccine finally shows its worth. And uh, I remember the polio epidemic of the mid-1950s when you didn't dare go anywhere, you didn't dare shake hands with anybody. And uh, then suddenly Dr. Jonas Salk came along with a vaccine and it changed life immediately for all of us in the U.S. and in the world. But I still have friends from my high school days who... uh, are crippled because of the polio epidemic back in the 1950s. Welcome now to Samuelson Says, and thank you for putting up with my thoughts and opinions, and uh, you haven't been too nasty, but uh, despite the fact that I tell you I'm not going to talk politics on Samuelson Says. You continue to say, oh, yeah, you were talking. I could tell in the tone of your voice that you were talking politics. But I go on to say that I'll never tell you who my choices are for public office. And uh, so I stay away from the political world because that's where so many media people and viewers and listeners are today. But Samuelson says has given me the opportunity to hopefully generate some new thinking and generate some new opinions and feelings about the way of life here in the U.S. politically and beyond. And I will miss doing that, but... uh, I think I've pretty much run my course, and it's been taken over by a lot of people who express opinions in media and in conversation with friends and neighbors. My dad always had a line that he left with me when I was growing up. He said, don't talk about religion and politics. Because if you do, you'll lose a lot of friends. And I pretty much tried to stay with that thesis from my father uh, years ago and not get involved in political or religious discussions with neighbors and family and friends. Probably a good way to uh, survive holidays when families get together and you never know what subjects are going to come up. But keep reading and listening and trying to understand. And uh, to me, the one thing I've learned about communications is the uh, fact that I make my living talking. I find that listening is the most important part of my lifetime. Because until I listen to what you're saying and what you're thinking, 
I really can't respond to you because I haven't heard what you have said. So give other people the opportunity to uh, think and react, and then don't get into a political fight with them. Those are my thoughts on Samuelson Says at uh, 18 minutes before 6 o'clock news time here on WGN. Uh, Steve Alexander, who you have heard do the reports when I'm traveling, and uh, you'll be hearing a lot more because the one thing that, well, many things, but I'm grateful to the management at, Next Star Media Group for continuing to cover the agricultural industry with the reports that Steve Alexander will be doing regularly every day here on WGN Radio. So thanks to uh, Mary who runs the shop for us and uh, all of the other people that I've had the opportunity to work with. Thank you for continuing to realize that agriculture is an important part of our economy and an important part of our well-being. That is Samuelson Says. And uh, we have uh, Steve Alexander standing by. He's going to join us here on the Saturday morning show with one of my favorite subjects to talk about safety on the farm And uh, we'll get to his report and his guest when we continue here on the Saturday Morning Show. Quarter to six here on the Saturday Morning Show. And a longtime good friend who has uh, taken over for me when I've been traveling and haven't been able to do the daily hourly reports. But he is talking about something that means a great deal to me, and that is safety on the farm. Good morning to uh, Steve Alexander. Orion, as we celebrate and honor your 60-plus years on WGN as an advocate for America's farmers and ranchers, it seems appropriate for us to talk with one of the new generation of advocates. I recall Max commenting recently that you were an advocate long before that term was coined. Joining me on the telephone is Zach Johnson. He's a sixth-generation farmer in Minnesota, plus he has become a social media star via his nonstop post of videos about what life is really like on the farm. Welcome, Zach, and let's start off with a little more about your farming operation. Oh, hi, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Um, Like you said, we're a sixth-generation farm out here, um, full-time on the farm. It's just Dad and I. We farm right out here on the same family land that um, our family came over and started farming about 150-some years ago. And uh, right now we farm corn and soybeans. My wife and I live right here on a farm with our kids. And like you said, um, I'm on social media as a millennial farmer, which is something I started a few years ago that, that really has taken off on me and started to snowball and just continues to grow and keep going and is now at a place where I certainly never imagined that it, sh- it would be. Yeah, let's put some numbers behind that. How many followers do you have on how many platforms? Well, on YouTube, I've got about 700,000 subscribers. Um, I've got 200 and some thousand on Instagram and I think about 300,000 on Facebook, which those are my, my main platforms right now. I am on Twitter as well, but it's really the YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook that I try to hit. 
And did you start this to, as a way to dispel some of the nonsense that comes out on social media about farming, about agriculture? Yeah, that's 100% the reason I started it. I had uh, acquaintances and even family members who were saying stuff on social media about farming that wasn't necessarily true. And they might have had a little bit of, of truth to it, but they didn't really understand what it was they, they were talking about in a lot of cases. And I was seeing them sort of drag agriculture or farming, if you will, through the mud. And and what I wanted to do really was connect with those people and show them, hey, here's the truth about what really happens on the family farms in America today. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the topics that come up frequently? Well, you, you know, topics like GMOs or drain tile, um, pesticides, conservation, and and, um, and the practices and the managements that we use on the farm, you know, it's it's all kind of in the spotlight. And, and a lot of people like to talk about what it is we do and whether they understand it or not. Everybody's kind of got their perception. But the whole idea of the channel really is to to make sure that I show them exactly what goes on behind the scenes of the, the family farms out here. Zach, I was just wondering, with all the success you've had, if you've created a monster that you have to keep feeding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it 100% started as a hobby using my cell phone, you know, hitting record for two to three minutes and talking about what it was I was doing that day. And then I'd hit upload and I'd go on with my day. And pretty soon from that, we ended up getting a GoPro and we started editing videos and putting them together. And then we got so busy with it that um, it actually the timing worked out really well. And it's now my wife's full-time job behind the scenes to edit the videos and, and make sure that, you know, while I'm farming and I'm creating the content that she can she can edit that and piece it together and, and edit the, the videos and the podcasts and everything else we do and handle the emails. And like you said, yeah, it's definitely a monster that we've created that we never saw coming. Well, all those followers sure came through for you, didn't they, when you decided to start to raise money to buy grain bin rescue equipment for volunteer fire departments. Tell us how and why you started that project. Yeah, we, we've been noticing that, you know, there's definitely an increase in grain bin accidents, um, especially up here in the upper Midwest. Minnesota, the state that we're in, uh, unfortunately leads the nation in that statistic. And what we wanted to do was really reach out to people and raise some awareness and some funding and, and make farmers and people in the communities aware of the dangers of the grain bins. But on top of that, we, we wanted to raise funds for um, safety training, uh, rescue training, and rescue equipment for these volunteer fire departments and first responder crews that go out and and help people when they are in an unfortunate situation in a grain bin. And we started it out by, you know, saying, hey, we're going to donate a little bit ourselves and trying to encourage others to donate. And pretty soon uh, they were asking what they can do, where they can donate. We ended up setting up a GoFundMe account. And I mean, by the time it was all said and done, we pushed this thing for a few weeks and talked about it a little bit in our videos um, we did a, li- a live stream with it when we when we ended up looking at what departments were going to end up getting funding, and when it was all said and done, we raised over sixty thousand dollars for fifty one different departments that we mailed out uh, two days ago. Yeah, that must have been very satisfying. Oh, it's it's extremely humbling. Yeah, we had multiple companies that we work with reach out to us and say, "Hey, we want to donate. You know, how can we help?" And they pitched in a lot of, of the dollars, and the viewers and followers of our channel were so incredible, they kept going to the GoFundMe account and donating over and over. And then when we did the live stream feed and we were, we were, you know, allocating the funds as far as where they were going to go, people wanted to donate again. And we opened it up so that they could on the, on what YouTube calls the super chat. We ended up raising over $11,000 alone on that live stream in a couple of hours. And 
it's just it's been amazing. The, the majority of that sixty thousand dollars that we just sent out came right from our viewers, from our followers who, you know, who genuinely want to help and who care about the farming communities. Well, grain bin safety is something that Orion and Max Armstrong have talked about a lot over the years here on the Saturday Morning Show and have pointed out that getting trapped in a grain bin is largely a preventable accident. And with these developments in rescue equipment, which you're helping to buy, there's a better-than-ever chance of people being saved. Yeah, they can. And, and you know, that's that's just it, is you hope that in these farming communities where there are a lot of grain bins and a lot of farmers, and you don't know when a situation like that may arise, you hope that the departments in the area have the necessary equipment and training to be able to, you know, not only rescue the farmer safely, but also to to keep the rescue crews safe and make sure that everybody going in after that farmer to try and save a life is is also not putting their lives at risk. Well, well done, Zach and Becky, for raising all that money to help firefighters buy that life-saving equipment. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Really appreciate that. If people want to follow you on social media, it's uh, MN, as in Minnesota, Millennial Farmer, correct? Yep, that's right. There's two L's and two N's in Millennial. It's a tough one to spell. If you If you search for Millennial Farmer pretty much anywhere, you will find me. Thank you, Zach, and continued success. Thank you, Steve. And, Orion, uh, one more thing while I still have the microphone. I'd like to join the thousands of others who have sent their congratulations to you on your phenomenal career. It has sure been my honor and privilege to work with you, and I wish you and Gloria many happy and healthy years in retirement. Well, I thank you very much, and I'm delighted, Steve, that you're going to be taking over the reports that we've done for years here on WGN to keep farmers, ranchers, food producers, and consumers informed about the important role that agriculture plays in our daily life. Much more than providing food, we provide livings for many people who build tractors and combines and other equipment and also make the technology that cuts down uh, the amount of uh, weed killers and bug killers we used to have to apply in agriculture. All of these people play a role in this most important profession on the planet, feeding people here in the United States and the world. It turned out to be quite a year, really, agriculturally, price-wise. As a matter of fact, looking at the reports from the last day of trade, which was on Thursday, the corn futures here in the U.S. closed their strongest year in a decade, Thanks to the fact that Argentina finally curbed its exports and dry weather continued to threaten harvests in South America, sending corn prices to their highest level in six and a half years. Soybeans also scaled a six and a half year peak as South American weather worries and tightening global supplies fueled a rally, punctuating the oilseed's strongest yearly price gain since, get this, 2007, last time we saw prices at this level. And wheat finished 2020 in the black for the fourth straight year after touching a six-year high on Thursday and ending the week and the day and the year 
mostly firm. After climbing for 14 straight sessions, corn ended up 24.8% for the year. Soybean prices climbed 37.2% from a year ago, and whole wheat ended up 14 and 6 tenths of a percent. So we'll start the new year uh, trading at these levels. The uh, March wheat contract, which ended a penny higher uh, bushel on uh, Thursday, uh, will start the week trading at 6.41 and a three-quarter cents a bushel. March corn up 11 and a quarter cents the last trading day of the week. And it'll start the week at $4.85 and three-quarters of a cent a bushel. January soybeans ended ten and a half cents a higher on the last trading day of the week. And beans will start at $13.14 and a quarter cents. And livestock cattle, uh, cattle futures were higher. However, for the year, cattle futures were down 9%. The uh, markets uh, that uh, closed on Thursday at noon saw cattle futures, the February contract trading uh, up 57 and a half cents at $115.25 per hundredweight. And the uh, U.S. pork still cheap, the dollar weakening, so there is no reason not to expect pork and beef demand to be stronger and new market years combined. The uh, pork is still cheap, so uh, we look at closing prices on the last trading day of the year. The February lean pork contract, lean hog contract, up $2.75 a hundredweight. December live cattle up 82 cents a hundredweight and January feeder cattle ended the week up 45 cents a hundredweight. We'll take a quick break and then be back with uh, the news and goodbye to you here on the Saturday morning show. As you heard me say on one of my broadcasts the past couple of weeks or so, one of my Least favorite words is virtual because of the COVID-19 situation. We've had to go to virtual conventions and virtual field days and uh, virtual farm progress shows. So I hope that we can get rid of the word virtual and I hope that we can get rid of the reason why we've gone to virtual gatherings where we can't sit and drink coffee together and uh, we can't compare notes and weather information and that sort of thing. And early in the new year, we're going to start out with one of the largest organization conventions. The American Farm Bureau Federation Convention will be virtual this year, and it'll be coming up on January 11 through the 13th. They uh, would have been meeting in California, but uh, because of the uh, situation we have with the uh, coronavirus, it will be a virtual gathering, so you'll have to have your cup of coffee next year when hopefully the coronavirus will be a memory. Let's all pray for that. And thank you for the final time.